0: Good evening, my name is Marty Plum and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to our interview segments and I believe this is interview, yes, this is number 190 and we are back. ...with a familiar guest, but we're going to get to that here in just a second. Before we get going, we, of course, want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosack Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you or any of your athletes are struggling with balanced neck, or spinal issues, have them go see Cosack Chiropractic. Check out their practice at cosacchiro.com, k o s a k c h i r o dot com. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening, download, rate, review, give us five stars. Because when you do that, we move up in the rankings and people are like, hey, if I want to know more about coaching basketball or any other sport, that pops up quicker because there's more people that have reviewed it. So please do that if you would so be willing to do so. I ain't got no good English this Sunday morning, but that's all right. Uh, Questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Go check out a pen and a napkin.com. It's a coaching website, basketball stuff. And I think it's pretty good, but I'm a little biased because I made it myself. So, we are back. Mr. Jungers, Mr. Dick Jungers, back in the saddle. Is this, well, this got to be number five.
1: I believe it is.
0: Number five. So, uh, as folks know, uh, Coach Jungers and I, uh, let me, you know, there's there's still corners of the earth where Dick, needs an introduction here. There's not very many of them, but there there are corners of the earth where he still needs one. And he's given me this look on FaceTime, like, just shut up, you idiot. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Dick Juggers, head girls basketball coach at Newell Fonda, dabbling in the volleyball side of things here. Dick, kind of go into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, we had a late resignation, um, and uh, we have two new coaches, and so I guess I'm kind of a on-the-job, on-the-spot mentor. Uh, my daughter's a senior, uh-huh. so I said I would volunteer as an unpaid position. But um, volleyball, uh, I'm learning way more than I could <laughs> even begin to share. You know, and I think, like, being a basketball coach, sometimes people perceive volleyball to be the enemy sport. But uh, uh, we're, we're trying to figure this out as we go. So uh, wow. just one of those things.
0: Uh, hats off to you for stepping up, my man. So... Um, so, Dick and I, as, as folks know, loyal listeners know, uh, we get together once a year. It's kind of an annual thing, and Dick texted me earlier this week, or no, you emailed me. You emailed me, and he said, uh, hey, I got an idea, and I thought, that's a great idea, so... What some people know and most people do not know is that not only did uh, Coach Jungers and I graduate together uh, in the class of 19, uh, well, let's just call it the early 90s. No, we can say it, 1992, um, from Sheldon Community High School, Sheldon, Iowa. Uh, But we had a couple of other accomplished coaches. Uh, that come out uh, that came out of our graduating class. I think we graduated with seventy-two or seventy-three people, something like that, that day. Um, and uh, now I feel a little embarrassed because um, I think I'm probably the fourth best coach out of this group of people here. I, I'm 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 humbled and honored to not only welcome in Coach Jungers, but Mr. J Huff. Uh, former wrestling coach at Burlington High School in southeastern Iowa. Mr. Huff, how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great, Marty.
0: Yeah. And from the northern tundra of uh, up by Duluth, Minnesota, is current state champion baseball coach, Mr. Ben Haugen, uh, still riding the coattails of a, a state championship this past spring and early summer in Minnesota. Mr. Haugen, how are you?
3: Great. It's great to see all
0: you guys. It's been way too long. Way, yeah, way too long. I still, when I just said Mister Haugen, I still feel like I should be talking to Dave and not you. Yeah. But, you know,
3: calling me Mister at all. For
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, this was a great idea, Dick. I'd be mean, absolutely awesome. And and one thing we, uh, I've talked to to Jay before. I think Jay's been on once before. Uh, I've talked to, I've had a couple of football coaches, but mainly it's been basketball coaches. But Dick had this great idea of having all of us back on. And, and the more, I don't know, guys, I started getting a little sappy and sentimental this morning as I was getting ready for this. Like, man, this is like, it's been a, it's been a long time, but it just seems like yesterday that we were all trying to conquer the asphalt jungle of Central Middle School uh, basketball. And... Uh, you know, it's it's just cool to be on here with you guys. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I agree. yeah. Um, you know, uh, Jay, let's start with you. Uh, we uh, and, and by the way, folks, we cannot guarantee that this will not go down a rabbit hole of stupidity once or twice here, <laughs> as as we move through this. So, uh, but it's really cool to get perspectives from from Dick and I. Uh, as basketball coaches, from Ben as a baseball coach, and and Ben was basketball player as well in high school, uh, Jay was a junior high all-star basketball player but was kind of a little bit more focused on the <laughs> wrestling side of things. I still think I have the videotape of, of our seventh-grade basketball game where uh, uh, oh, no. Huff tried to take out the wall, and the wall won. Uh <laughs> Rematch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that wall's not there
0: anymore. <laughs> that wall is not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, you know, we we all have our influences, and and I talk about my stuff all the time. Dick's been on a few times, so Jay, let's start with you, and then Ben will go with you. Kind of what were your, uh, you know, why'd you get into coaching? What why'd you go to get into teaching? Why'd you get into coaching? And 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 why did it take you that direction? I guess
2: um i didn't know what else to do i guess i mean <laughs> um no we were just you know as you guys know i loved wrestling and it just kind of seemed like the natural transition for me um it's what i it was my biggest passion growing up and uh had some great mentors in that area not just in high school you know but back to mr Vanderfleet, mr nelson in middle school and you know uh Coach Nag and Coach McWilliams in high school, and in uh, my college coach, um, this guy by the name of Al Baxter, who's pretty much a legend. Yeah. Um, they would just all had such a positive impact on me. I, I guess I, I, I wanted to be like them. I guess just had, try to have that impact on others. Wow. Um, and that, and I didn't know what else to do. I, <laughs> 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 I mean. Did you, but no it just seemed like a natural transition for me to once once i was done competing to, to get into coaching
0: yeah yeah how about you ben
2: oh yeah you know my my dad was a teacher and a coach um so i
3: kind of grew up in that in that type of household but i was kind of like with jay too like i went to school at iowa state not not really thinking about teaching or coaching and and uh, uh i got the the ninth grade baseball job back in sheldon um after my junior year of uh, college, and that I kind of decided to just kind of switch my focus and go into education, and and um, I, I, at one point in time, I thought I was going to be like a Dick Junger's. I was going to be basketball coach extraordinaire, and and uh, basketball is kind of the way I wanted to go, and it never worked out. I just kind of got stuck into that baseball side, and and uh, but yeah, just thinking back to all the the great teachers and coaches we had, and friends of my father, and. Um, you know Dale Klefish, Claude Struve, Daryl Schneiderman. Um, you know I'm forgetting all kinds of guys, but just we had, we had great great mentors growing up. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know just because of the people that my dad hung around with, I got to see those guys outside of school all the time, just being part of a you know a teacher's family, and so yeah, uh, yeah, we were pretty fortunate.
0: I think that's the, I I didn't even think about that concept, Ben of your dad being a teacher but over i'm sure over at your house people were hanging out and doing stuff or your you know your mom and dad were going and hanging out with them and you had this completely different perspective of our teachers than we did you know
3: yeah for example like at the um the the state the state tournament this year for baseball like daryl i'm gonna start crying uh, daryl snagman shows up out of the blue oh wow wow hadn't seen him forever you know he's, he shows up with my mom and dad and um so yeah i mean i, I had that that that's awesome
4: yeah.
3: to be able to see those guys in a different light so
4: yeah
3: um, yeah it just kind of came came to me naturally um kind of with jay though i didn't really know what to do and i you know i kind of knew that lifestyle and it was just
1: kind of a natural transition for me
0: yeah how about you dick
1: you know, uh, I'm going to start with uh, John Shoupa. I actually went to uh, Sheldon St. Pat's up until my freshman year, and that's when I met these yahoos. And uh,
0: Yeah, pri- private uh, school kid, elite kid around town, private yeah, school, but, uniforms, all that stuff.
1: So uh, I started with him, and then our freshman coach was John Doley. Uh, and uh, then we had Terry Aarons, and then we had Claude Struve. And I think the thing that stands out most for me is, it was always fun uh we had a great group of guys we had fun uh you know i I shouldn't point out how many wins we had our senior year but we still had fun um you know we probably uh were in a league where um the other teams were really strong but uh but we had we just we'd get together you guys i know i'm playing and well jay didn't play basketball much in the with us at Archer gym or we'd go to the open gyms in Sheldon and our group, we just always had fun with it and we're passionate. And, um, that's really what carried it over. When I went to college, I was going to go to the business route and my junior year, all of a sudden, just like, you know, I, I don't want to give up on the basketball. I mean, uh, we played intramurals and we had a group of guys that played basketball almost every day. Uh, it was just too much fun. It was a hard way to give it up. So, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, shoot, we're going to all turn fifty this year if we didn't turn fifty already. But I still just have fun for it and uh, and try to make it fun for others.
0: Yeah, wow. I uh, I just sorted well, one, way one,
1: too. One caveat there. I want
2: I want further I want it on the record that I'm not sure Ben Hogan ever beat me in middle school basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I I will attest to that. I could not.
3: You were just so much physically stronger than anybody. <laughs> that point it pissed but, me off
2: because he'd show up and beat me. But in high school, every day before wrestling practice, he beat me left-handed. But we don't <laughs> have to. Yeah.
0: Well, Haugen, if if you couldn't call a foul on Huff, because if you did, he'd have gotten pissed at you and 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 then beat the crap out of you. So right.
2: got to tread lightly
1: with the uh, with how physical the game. Itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Huff was a big fan of Bill beer. Let's just leave it like that. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and Jay could turn all of us into a pretzel in about half a second. That's right. Not, not anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I got into it just because I sorted way too many stinking sports cards, man. I just, I, like, literally knew no other lifestyle. Like, I just, I've got the strongest thumbs in America from sorting that, those ball cards with Ron. So, uh, but no, kind of like, kind of like Ben. Uh, you know, my dad was a teacher, but he was a teacher at the, at the college in town, and that was kind of what I knew. And, and uh, yeah, I was just a dorky guy who just loved sports and, and wanted to be around it. And, and uh, you, know, here, you know, here we are, here we take off. And, and, and we're, we're busting Jay pretty good on a couple of these things, but, uh, you know, Huff had a heck of a career as a wrestler, um, national champion in college which uh, is just unbelievable. Um, I think finished third in se- senior year. You finished third, right, Jay? Not to, yeah. not to, not to, not to scratch at any scabs it. here. So
2: yeah, not to pour salt on any wounds, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got third as a
0: senior. Uh, sorry about that, buddy. I owe you one. So, but no, I'm just pointing out it's, it's hard to get third in the state of Iowa in wrestling, especially at that time period, you know, when it was kind of at its zenith, you know, Iowa, the University of Iowa wrestling was, you know, kind of at its most popular and, and you can make the argument that wrestling might've been the most popular sport in the state at that time, you know? So, uh, but yeah, you know, we all got into it and we all have our influences and, you know, I thought we would kind of hold off on kind of our childhood influences in the sense of some of the people that we grew up with Uh, but, you know, looking back at your, your own influences as a coach outside of the people that we grew up with, you know, if, if there's a wrestling coach listening to this, Jay, who would be some of the people that you would recommend? Ben, who, if there's some baseball coaches that are listening to this, who are some of the people that really helped build your philosophy outside of the people that we talked about or that we've kind of mentioned, and we're going to definitely come back to them as we move through it. All right. So. Uh, I hope the question makes sense. So, uh, Ben, why don't we start with you? Who are some of the the baseball coaches that you've studied that have helped influence your baseball philosophy and your coaching philosophy altogether?
3: Um. Well, kind of like what Dick said. Like what I remember from um, from high school baseball in Sheldon was just having fun. Like it wasn't very serious. Um, I can remember. Uh, working for Larry Klein Heslin all day long and showing up for practice in my in my boots and jeans and um, so in terms of like from a from a baseball perspective I don't know really what I got out of it growing up in Sheldon but I remember having a ton of fun I remember um, just looking forward to, to to being there and and Mr Swally was really laid back uh, just kind of <laughs> let us play. Um, And the longer that I've been doing this, the more I realize that sometimes you got to get back to that. Like kids just want to have fun. And sometimes you can be too structured and you can try to make it too serious. And, um, when, when most kids just want to hang out with their buddies and have fun. And so I think sometimes I think back to coach Swally and, and, uh, and just try to remember that that's why most kids play. So, Uh um, you know, RIP, Mr. Swally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, Low-hanging dugouts were kind of his uh, foil.
3: <laughs> Dave, you remember, Marty? Do you remember the time at practice when? Um, um,
0: I think I know where you're fun- going.
3: He was hitting fungos to oh, the outfielders, and he—I can't remember who he hit it to—but he hit one out there, and then he bent over to pick up pick up the next ball, and the guy was throwing it home. And Eric Nell hit him. The-
0: Eric Nell.
2: Practice was over. <laughs> I didn't even play baseball, because I was working at the pool when it happened. So I think I was walking over, and like, I'm weaving and wobbling on his smoke. And i like, and you guys were dying. I had to go over, like, what happened? And ben couldn't hardly speak. He was trying to tell me
0: what happened. Yeah. So here's the, I still remember this clear as a bell. Because I was playing second base, and Noah was at shortstop. And he hit the fungo, and the relay was coming in. And you know Eric had a good arm, and he was obviously really accurate. He turned, and Coach Swally went out in front of the in front of the batter's circle to to pick up a ball. And Eric turned and threw it, and it was just perfectly lined up between Eric Swally and Wade Sears. And and Swally just stood up, and
4: and it just it just
0: and, And and so here's the awful thing. There's fifteen kids there. Did any of us run over to help him out? No. We just started
4: laughing.
0: Which as a forty nine year old now I feel awful. <laughs> we started laughing. And then he was like, And and Ben, you'll remember this. And and it was you know, and, and you know, Dick and Jay, you probably heard this a little bit more in the hallway, but we heard it a lot on the baseball field field where he'd de and, and he, all you he heard was "Oh, oh, oh!" And again, I feel awful now. And then he said, "Well, I'm going to drive myself to the emergency room," which is the exact opposite thing we would do today. We hey, all let him do it. You couldn't just, get away
3: with that today. Oh man! Yeah, go ahead and drive yourself. You'll be good.
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> Coaches, put it on your calendar right now, Saturday, October 14th, Sunday, October 15th, 2023, the first annual A Pin and a Napkin Fall Coaches Retreat here in Omaha. We've got a little bit of everything for everybody. We are going to start our day 10 a.m. Saturday morning with a live practice session with Kirk Walker and the College of St. Mary's Women's Basketball Program here in Omaha. Then we're going to move everything to the Holiday Inn Express here in Omaha 87th and Dodge. We've got a lot of things planned. We've got speakers like myself talking about 25 universal truths in coaching along with practice planning and a practice uh, planning an efficient practice. We've got Jeff Steinus, the boys' assistant coach at Ames, Iowa, talking about building a complete program. We've got Tyler Shaw, the girls' head coach at Sydney, Nebraska, talking about coaching cheat codes. And we've got Tom Cray Craigs- talking about transition basketball transition offense and the Boys Town way of doing things out of Boys Town here in Omaha the best thing about a pen and a napkin Clinics, though, is the interactive part of it. We've got small group coaching roundtables where you're going to pick the brains of three or four other coaches at the same time. Then we're going to have big group discussions. You're going to come up and you're going to have to talk. When you come to a pen and napkin clinic, you've got to bring your own ideas. We're going to have a situation score discussion on Saturday night. Sunday morning, we're going to have a basketball smorgasbord session where we're going to talk about issues that coaches need to think about off the floor and how things can derail you off the floor and how to prepare for those type of things. So it's going to be a great weekend at a very very affordable rate. If you would like to stay overnight at the Holiday Inn Express, it's $175 for everything. Your room, your food, your drinks, everything that we've got going on, you're going to be taken care of there. If you're a commuter, it's $100. $100. All of this it's it's 26 hours, coaches. It's 26 hours of awesome Awesome information. And again, the best thing about it is you are going to be picking the brains and learning from other coaches. You're not just going to be sitting there getting lectured to the entire time. We're going to be moving around. So hotel rooms, we need to have at least 10 rooms filled. I'm sorry, five rooms filled with 10 uh, borders by September 15th. That's my cutoff date. So if you want this to happen, get signed up now. So we fill up those five hotel rooms with at least 10 coaches commuters you got till october 12th to get signed up and ready to go coaches you're not going to regret this there's a lot of really good places to go but i really think we do it really well here at a pen and a napkin so come check out our first annual a pen and a napkin fall coaches retreat you, you, you know uh ben you bring up a you bring up a good point let's let's take it this direction because i like where you went with that you talked about larry and and we talked about a lot of the influences we have had as as educators or you know the teachers that we had in our building, but if you were to pick one person in town that you work for or you spent time with outside of our educators and you, and you started with Larry and you know we all knew Larry, um, I mean miss him to death. You know uh, it's been about a little over a year since Larry passed away and and being around Kevin a lot I know that whole thing was really really hard and and everything and so I was really glad about a week and a half before Larry passed away I stopped out at the house and and got to see him one last time and you know the dementia was really bad at that point but he still recognized me which meant the world to me you know and uh so so let's let's go with that you mentioned Larry uh Dick who would be one person outside of our teachers that we had back home that that had a real big effect on you and and kind of who the person you are today
1: you know i think uh when you reflect on questions like this um everybody that you kind of cross paths with i can think of several teachers that um played a big impact in in how i look at certain things um but you know I, i would go with larry too i worked with him for one summer and uh man he was just one of those tough guys um he uh you know I don't know how well he explained things to you to, to get the job done, but you found a way to get the job done because he'd be on your ass if you didn't. Um, and you know what? I, I appreciate that because it was like having, you know, it's like I, if I talk about my dad that way too, my dad would be on your ass about things. And I and I, it probably makes me more organized and efficient with time, probably than um, so people like that. I think really played a heavy impact that way.
0: Uh-huh. How about most,
1: both the
3: lessons, most of the lessons you learned from Larry Klein like you, you know, he's, one of the ground rules, Marty, you laid for this um, podcast had to be PG thirteen. So <laughs> I,
4: think,
3: I think most of the lessons we would say we learned from Larry probably probably can't be repeated, at least in yes. the way that he were to formulate it with words.
4: Yes, yes. Ben, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because every time I like pause and said um. It was a profanity
1: that was trying to jump out of my mouth, and I, and I had to find a way to, to put it back in, so I'm glad you brought that up. You me out
0: there. Yeah, uh, there's only ever been two people that I've truly been scared of in my life. Uh, one was uh, my father-in-law, uh, who was just strong, silent type, you know, and, and I mean, I know he loved me, he loved his kids, loved his family, but he's just strong, silent farmer, Uh, And it took me about 10 years to really kind of figure that out. Um, And then Larry was the other one until I I really got to know him. And and he's just kind of a teddy bear on the inside. Just when you're not working for him, you're fine. I think you're all right there. So, Um, uh, Jay, how about you?
2: Um, Well, I never worked for Larry, (laughs) but I was also scared of him, if that makes sense. (laughs) he was just a great guy like like you said but yeah just very intimidating individual especially when you're a high school kid yeah um you know outside influences um in the wrestling world you know my brothers and uh had a big impact on on the route i went um and then you know my brother Ed's relationship with tom and terry had a big impact on on why i did what i did i mean i wanted you know Think the old thing be like Mike, be like Michael Jordan. I wanted to be like Tom and Terry. I wanted to be like Ed. So outside of school, those those guys had big impacts on me. And then anybody that helped out with youth wrestling and and Sheldon, uh, Rex Chapman, Rich Morgan, uh, Randy Fakas. I mean, all just big impact on me.
0: Sure, sure. Um, For me, I think at the top of that list would be Mark Klein Waltering up at the Pizza Ranch. Um, Mark taught us, like, no offense, Mark, and if you ever listen to this, uh, I apologize, but we got paid awfully, like uh, (laughs) we did. We were were paid so bad. Uh, But Mark made the job so much fun, and nobody ever quit. Like, if you got a job there, you stayed there. Nobody ever quit. Uh, he taught me a lot about uh, those type of things. He taught me a lot about uh, everybody has a job and nobody was more important than anybody else. You know, so there'd be one night where you, you, you like everybody learned how to do everything when we work there. So you learned how to make pizzas, but you also learned how to clean out the chicken broaster. And you also mop the floor and you clean the bathrooms, whether you were a guy or a girl or you were. He had been there two weeks or, or three years, you know, that type of thing. And and I think um, one of the things that he did a great job of as a boss of a bunch of teenage kids was he was kind of a at times a big kid at heart as well. And he just had a great time with us. But we we were all so willing to work really, really hard for him because he did treat us so well, Uh And he made it just a a, a great place to work at for a high school kid. You know, Um, now looking out of those big front windows of the pizza ranch and seeing everybody cruising around the loop on Friday and Saturday nights while I was working in there, that wasn't a lot of fun. But, you know, um, but that's that's one for me at the top of my list that that Mark would be way up there for that. So Um, anybody else on that, guys?
1: Now, I just remember driving around loop. That was uh, kind of a fun pastime. But I know a lot of those nights we end up either like I know we played at Ben's house a few times, or we'd go to Central Courts and play.
0: Uh, we we play a lot of ball those nights too. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it was
4: it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <coughs> what uh, what do you think? What do you think you guys do really well? As as a coach or as a teacher, if there's what, and let's not let's not be humble here, guys. You know we we've all been fortunate enough to accomplish a lot of really really good things. So obviously, you know, uh, we're all doing some things right, uh, Dick. You know, if you had to pick out one or two things that you feel like you do really really well as as a coach, as a when you used to be in the classroom, now as an administrator, you know, would have been A couple of big keys to your successes
1: you know i think when when you achieve high success it's it's really unlocking the potential of the players that you're working with um i've been very good at that uh you know and i think uh our kids here at newell fonda man they're so passionate about basketball um and i think when you unlock that potential uh, we, we've had a stretch where like, people are like, how do you do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I can really just attribute that to me. But I do know that when you have a, a string of success, um, it's, it goes beyond just one or two players over time. And I, I think uh, uh, that's been a great strength. And I think if you go through, and, and I don't think about this until other coaches when I'm going to come and, you know, watch a practice or whatnot, but, um, just so highly organized, and the attentions to details, um, you know, and really, the, the fundamental difference between good and great teams is really just is you're just better at some of those little skills, razor, razor that, thin. Yeah, and, and that, I think I think that's that that's been one of my keys to success, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Jay?
1: That's a tough question.
0: Um, that's that's what I'm here for. It's the hard hitting <laughs> questions on a pen and a napkin.
2: Um, you know, I wrestling's different than uh, like wrestling. We want to have a system, you know, but our but it's not like basketball where you're running plays. You, you have you know every. I, I think one of the things I I was decent at I'd say was looking at a guy and understand what they could be good at. You know, it's, not everybody is going to be able to wrestlers aren't cookie cut individuals i mean some guys are really 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 good on the mat some guys are really good on their feet and so i think it's just i i, I think i had a good skill of knowing knowing where they could be successful um i'll take i'll give you an example we had a kid named aj crone who's a physical therapist now and i love aj to death but he had size 14 feet and he couldn't hardly move him um <laughs> He was in a close. He was in a match to go to the state tournament, and uh, he was on top, and he was winning by. Uh, he was winning by one. Or, he was winning by two, and there was like twenty some seconds left. I told him, if you think this kid's going to score, just give up a reversal. Which in wrestling doesn't make sense because that means the score would be tied instead of giving up an escape. But I knew if he went to his feet, he was going to get taken down. <laughs> so <laughs> he gave up a reversal, and he was so good on the mat, he reversed the kid right back like eight seconds later and won the match. So, I, I, you know, that's an example of just trying to recognize what what skill set the kids had and trying to put them in situations to be successful. So,
0: mm-hmm. How about you, Ben?
3: Yeah, that's a tough question. I don't like talking about myself too much. Um
0: Again, give 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 me the Edward R. Murrow Tough Question of the Day award here. So, (laughs) Um,
3: I think just like reflecting on my teaching and coaching career, you know, I'm not the smartest guy. I don't know the most about the sports I coach, but think making connections with kids and making them wanna wanna be in your classroom and wanna come to practice and wanna compete for you and wanna do the best job that they can for you, I think is is critical. You know, kids have to have a buy in. They have to enjoy showing up to class, they have to enjoy showing up to practice and, and being around people that they, that they like, I think makes, makes all the difference in the world. So, um, you know, I think back to some of the coaches we had at Sheldon too, I think, you know, charismatic people that show that they care about you, um, you know, in a small school, that's all you need. You just Mm got to get that buy-in. So I think I've done a a pretty good job of, uh, of just making kids,
0: um, you know, want to, want to show up and work. Hmm. Hmm. What's it been like for you know Dick and and uh, Ben? What's it been like coaching your own kids? Oh, it's been the
3: has been an awesome ride. Yeah. I think. I mean, you know, I've been involved with uh, with the youth basketball and the youth baseball program here, and so I've been coaching kids since they were six years old, and um, I just think it's it's awesome. I wouldn't I wouldn't place that with anything
1: uh-, yeah, sharing sharing those memories and moments with your kids uh I mean it's one of life's greatest rewards, um whether you know it was playing catch in the backyard or you know going to a youth tournament, and now that you know is a senior, so she's my youngest and uh um it it's just been it's been a lot of fun uh you know, and I when I was married i I had acquired two stepchildren and i I, I did the same processes with them and um it's just it's one of life's truly greatest blessings.
0: Yeah. Jay, I didn't mean to hold you out on that one. I c I I didn't think you had coached your kids in, your kids at the varsity level, but if I if you have, I apologize. No.
2: No, no. My daughter played two, two sports I know nothing about. She played <laughs> volleyball and softball, so I I did did no coaching there. Other than the only time I would ever coach her there is if she didn't hustle, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> though so, you know but i did i did coach i coach my son and youth stuff coming up and i still he's a sophomore this year i'll still go in the wrestling room <laughs> with him a little bit i did last year as well um but uh but yeah coaching your coaching your kids is uh it's different i'll just say that yeah hey, i didn't realize you were done as the head wrestling coach yeah yeah I, um 2019 uh I, uh, was my last year oh. so um, yeah. so i uh I became the a d about a year later and so been uh been dead i mean i still I still go to a lot of wrestling practices
0: yeah <laughs> you, you just ha- happen to wander in there
2: it, from time to time that'll happen yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well when i and when I got out uh a young man that wrestled for me who was a state champ for me here he took over. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty good transition there. And so, and then, uh, last year I was actually an assistant coach. We had a late resignation and, uh, I didn't want to see the spot go unfilled. So, uh, that was, that was, that was a long wrestling season trying to be ADN yeah coach, but, uh, but I will share one story about my son in youth football. He was jacking around this, this, he, he was jacking around at practice him and a buddy. So. I made him run you know, I don't made him run to assign him back or whatever and he's he was not happy with me. He was he was up, he was pissed. And we get in the truck after practice and I'd switch from coach hat to dad hat and I go, How'd practice go? And he kinda gave me the side eye a little bit and I said, I don't know, I think your coach kinda looks like a dick. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, so I try try to keep those dad world and coaching world separate. I'm sure you guys do the same, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, I coached uh, our oldest and our youngest were not really into sports and the the sports that they played were, you know, Michael played soccer and Jenny played uh, volleyball. So again, I'm tapping out there. Um, And, but Carter played basketball and I'm sure you guys kind of went through the same thing. Well, hey, you, you're a basketball coach, help coach the fourth grade team and you know, or the baseball coach or whatever it may be. And, and I always tried to avoid that because I always felt like my kids see me so much as a coach that I just wanted to go to games and just be a dad and cheer and that type of thing. But one time around fourth grade, uh, I was like, okay, I'll do it. And a guy named Tom Chapman organized our, our kids' uh or or, yeah, the kids into a team of about eight or nine kids. And we went and played in this league in Omaha. And after about the second week, I told Carla, I'm like, this was, this was a mistake because it was just the stubborn Italian dad with the stubborn Italian stun. And we just, we're just, we were just doing this the, the entire time. And, and, uh, I knew it was over like week three, I called it a 30 second timeout. And all I did was just chew his, chew his butt on the sideline. And then afterwards I was just like, that was so that goes against everything you've ever preached as a coach and and that type of thing and I told Carl I said this I'll, I'll I'll finish this out but never again I've just got to be a dad because this is just not good for me and and I'm the one that screwed it up you know I'll, I'll fully admit that I'm the one that screwed it up and uh, so that was that was uh, that was my one foray into coaching my own child and 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 I w- I was out after that so. Uh,
2: I will say that uh, one of the influences on me that the way I try to be a a dad of an athlete is I try to be Dave Haugen. I try to sit there in the stands, act like I'm not paying attention, but but I'm watching everything (laughs) going on. You know, and I I remember Ben's dad. He would he would sit in the stands. He didn't cheer. I mean, something good happened. He'd he'd clap, and you know, you would. I think I remember this. Yep, yeah. he, he wouldn't, you wouldn't think he was paying attention, but you know, you know Dave didn't miss anything going on. You should, should have seen his reaction when I
3: uh, when I got in trouble in choir, and uh, oh, I can't think of his name now, um, but he put me in the front row for the choir concert, and I refused to sing, I just shut <laughs> up and pulled it off. I just—I happened to catch my dad's eye in the crowd, and he was just sinking in his chair <laughs> so embarrassed me. <laughs> I, got, I got my butt. I got home after that one. Yeah.
0: W- was that uh, Mr. Brokaw?
3: Mr. Brokaw? No, okay. no, 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 no. It was uh, the hi- the high school choir teacher. Oh, Dayton.
0: Dayton. Brad um, Dighton. Mr. Dayton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I
3: didn't, I didn't realize you were ever in choir. Well, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh,
0: (laughs) A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin Video Library. You know, we are now... Gentlemen, uh, I'm again. This is this is the verbiage we use on a pen and a napkin. We we are seasoned and experienced uh, at this point, and and we all have, you know, twelve to fifteen years probably left in our in our careers. Uh, if it, you know, looking at it, you know what if, if we've we've all accomplished a lot. We've been fortunate to do a lot of different things. It, it, what's what's one thing? Um, that you would like to accomplish in our last approximately third of our of our careers here, uh, Huff. We'll we'll start with you on this one. Um, I'm I'm gonna put you right on the spot, Jay. So yeah,
2: appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's strange when you think about it that way because you know, we, and I I we got the Rule 88, you know. Yeah. And so dick i'm guessing you're about in the same boat we really only have about eight years left here.
0: oh you lucky sons of guns yeah that's
2: right. i mean you don't get your full ipers in but that's when you can start you can take it so that has crept into my mind i'm like so because i've had people tell me when it's when you when you hit that 88 you need to take it because it's free money and you doesn't mean you're going to retire you're just going to go do something else and i think what else am i going to do I mean, I, I don't have the skill set to do. <laughs>
0: you could you could go back you know, to you could go back to Sheldon and work for Kevin at LK Construction and just complete the triangle here, you know. I
2: unless he needs someone unless he needs a driver, <laughs> that's, about, that's about all I'd be good for. Yeah. Um, but no, I I think you know I I think it's, you just want to keep doing good things. I mean I. I don't know how, as an AD, your perspective is a little bit different. But um, you know, I want to see our programs continue to grow. I want to see our kids continue to have success, and not just on the field, but off the field as well. I mean, I know people say it, and it sounds cheesy and corny, but <clears throat> when you see former athletes come back who are being successful, I mean, yeah, take pride in that. I mean, not that you had a not that you had a huge impact on all of them, but you'd like to think you touched them in some way. You mm-hmm. know, just um, they, you know, it's. I still have, and I'm sure you guys do now that we get older. Young men who were seasoned
0: and experienced, tough, seasoned yeah, and experienced. Oh, excuse yeah, me, yeah. seasoned
2: yeah. and experienced. But yeah. yeah, guys that come back and still call you coach, just like we do to, you know, to, to our coaches we had, and like I ran it. Uh, it was so cool a couple of years ago. Uh, Iowa, Russell, Penn State, and I took my son. And, and I knew a guy, and we got really good tickets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who and, would have that uh, been?
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, little did I know, a lot of people know. It, it was like a Sheldon reunion. There uh-huh. was, I mean, Snyderman was there, Vanderfleet was there, um, Galen Nelson was there. I mean, it was all my coaches growing up, and they all. And I, but then the first word out of them was for me was "Hey, coach." I mean, that's that that. I think that the impact they have on us. I just want to continue to have that on
0: other kids. So yeah, yeah. How about you, Ben?
3: Yeah, when you when you wrote that question down, uh, that, that that question kind of took me off guard because um, I don't know. It's hard to think about that we're you know in the twilight of our seasoned and experienced <laughs> career. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, no, I. Early on, it was all about like trying to build a program and get involved with the youth league, and um, you know that's kind of. I'm like with Jay; I don't know if I have the energy to do that anymore,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and I've transitioned out of that. But I think you know it would be to, um, you know, to I guess be the seasoned and experienced person and, and mentor the, the young the young coaches. You know, I think education right now it's really. We're having a hard time keeping people in the profession. We're having a hard time getting people to start in the profession. And I think it's important to have um, role models for those young teachers and coaches when they're coming into the profession to, um, to help them to get over those tough spots and over the humps and stick with it. So um, oh. I, I haven't really thought a whole lot about that. And if that's the kind of, if I'm good at that, but I think, you know, our profession, those kinds of people. So um, I guess hopefully I, I can uh, transition into that and try to retain some of those good young people we have. I don't <laughs> know any sense or not, but that's the best answer I can come up with on the spot there, Marty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, but you're right about the, the shortage. I always tell kids that get into it and now I call them kids, which is just awful. Um, but I'm like, give it three years. You got to give it three years. You can't. Cause I, after year one, I was ready to quit, but I am like, like kind of like Huff. Well, what, what else could I do? You know, I I got an offer to sell insurance and I would have been the worst insurance salesman in the history of mankind. I would be living in a cardboard box somewhere right now uh, (laughs) if if I'd have gotten into insurance sales. Uh, But, you know, I always tell them, like you were saying, Ben, we we were having a harder time keeping people in the profession. And I always say, give it three years. You got to give it three years. And then if you don't like it after three years, then you probably need to look to do something else. Yeah. and and I think you, I think he hit the nail on the head there Larry Klein Hustling style so I was teaching job um,
3: was at Stuart Menlo and now I think they're what are they like West Central or West Central Valley or yeah. something like that. Um, and there's a there's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Pease who uh, was the head football coach there he was a Phied teacher and he since passed away but I remember he you know, he and his wife taking Connie and I under under their wings and, you know, having us over for dinner and, uh, you know, getting us to know the people in the community and, and uh, you know, I think it's important that you know we as you know, the old guard now, you know, that we, we identify those people that are starting out and recognizing that, you know, they just need somebody to, to be a friend of them and kind of show them the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we do that. We get people
0: to stick with it. Yeah. So, Youngers.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I like being last because I can really reflect on what these other guys said. Because, like, with Jay, too, uh, you know, when you hit 50 and, you know, you put the time in, that Ipers thing is, is big in Iowa. And, uh, um, and as I transition to that next phase, you know, being an administrator at a school, too, uh, everything that Ben says is spot on, the exact conversations we're having at Newell Fonda on keeping and maintaining good staff for the kids. And, um, you know, and and there could be a role with something like that for me. But um, the coaching aspects, you know, I think as you evolve and you try to give back to something that gave you such a rewarding experience, what are some things you can do? You know, uh, um, you can be in, you know, I I enjoy doing clinics. I enjoy um, speaking to people. Um, anybody that wants to talk basketball, man, I, I love to sit down and have those conversations. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that that's somewhat in the cards, uh, when I transition, um, out of education and go another direction. And, you know, people ask me, would you ever think about coaching college ball? You know, there, there might be some interest there. It'd have to be the exact right situation. I, I don't know if I have the energy to go to AAU tournaments every weekend for the recruiting trail. That, that's the piece that, um, you know weekend time and when you're in education all of us know this that that that, that five-day work week can be really a grind because you're in the people business and you're constantly um on on call for every situation that comes up Or that weekend time you know spending that time um traveling to au terms just to check out talent uh i don't know if that appeals as much as maybe the the actual coaching and yeah. working with kids so um uh, so i don't know we'll see what options um evolve here but uh um, I really enjoy my position. I enjoy, um, everything I do. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it. And, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still just having fun. It's like reinventing a, a new school year every year. It's just, it's a lot of fun yet.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's head down this road. And we mentioned a few names here and, and you know, it's, it's, it's been fun. and, and, and let's take the, Let's take the the deep, deep dive, and, and, and some people that are, a lot of people that are going to be listening to this are going to be like, who in the world are you guys talking about here? But, you know, it's my podcast. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. So, uh, you know, so, uh, but I, I do think we've, we've dropped a lot of names, and, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy uh, thinking back on things, just all of the uh inter it, the the interwovenness that we have coming out of this small little in all in the big picture, a pretty significant little small farm town in Northwest Iowa yet there's there's so many good things and good people that have come out of it um, last fall when uh Heath Robinson passed away um and and mel and heather asked me to speak at the funeral um that just kind of as as i looked out it was just crazy looking at how interwoven this community still is you know 25 30 years after we after a lot of us have left it you know and and i you know so i think that that's cool and and you know what what about sheldon what about some of the people that we have mentioned before you know let's let's kind of take a dive into our mentors uh the people that were our teachers our coaches uh, just what about this small little farm town has has affected all four of us so so greatly you know as as we've as we've grown on and now seasoned and experienced ourselves here and and now we're we're, we're flipping the the script a little bit here ben why don't you uh get us started on this one here
3: well, I remember when, when we visited Sheldon in the summer of 1984, looking at houses, and <laughs> I saw this boy uh, playing football I, in his in his in his vacant lot. C- c- out, out,
0: yeah. That that kid didn't have any friends. All he had was a <laughs> wiffle ball. <laughs> and,
3: but I remember I remember this that that this situation just as like it was yesterday, and I just remember thinking. Because I was a sports nut, just like you, Marty. And I remember, that's what my brother and I used to do in Perry, where we came from, was, was just play baseball in our backyard. And I just remember thinking, well, at least if we move here, I'll be able to play ball with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: well,
3: that was my first impression of Sheldon. I um,
0: I, ser- I seriously still remember that day where you guys looked at at the house across the street where where Holtz has ended up buying that house. I still remember that, yeah. Yep.
3: And then I remember... You know, um, Toby Camise, I just thought he was just, he walked on water. Um, He could do everything. Uh, You know, Tom and Terry Brands. um, I can't remember Chad Budden's older brother's name, but Troy. Troy. Um, Ed Huff, uh, the Matuskas, um, the Kerbergs, you know, just so many good athletes. Um, And just as a young, impressionable, you know, 10, 11, 12 eleven, twelve-year-old, and, and then then you're you're hooked, you know, and uh-huh. and that the, all the guys we hung out with were all sports sports nuts, so uh-huh. just you know, I don't know how how you couldn't come out of shell and not not loving athletics, you uh-huh. know, and and then um, yeah, just thinking about like Daryl Schneider, man, I remember going to play flag football on Saturday mornings and then couldn't wait till I, I had we coached a team together like couldn't wait till we were on the other end of that you know I think about that from a program building standpoint I think that kind of laid the phone work for me or foundation for me with like you got to get you know be involved with youth program and um I remember Claude Struve, you know putting on the, the Saturday morning basketball stuff I mean obviously youth sports and Youth leagues have exploded since we were in school, but you know that was kind of the way you did it. You know, yeah, you Saturday morning or in the summers, you, you get kids showing up to the gym or the field or whatever. And um, but yeah, I just from the moment I was in Sheldon, it, to me it was a sports community. Uh, you know, I remember that <laughs> I can remember the uh, the Lone Ranger song running into the gymnasium before basketball games and, uh, all the same people sitting in the same spots for those basketball games and um, and now when I go back to Sheldon and I look at the facilities and how um, the improvements they've made there I mean Sheldon is just very prideful with their, with their athletics and I think for us four um, it was I don't know how you can't come out of Sheldon not being
1: a sports fanatic
0: yeah Yep.
1: You know uh, one thing that really stood out is, and this is where Iowa Public Television just did an awesome job. I remember being that young kid watching those Sheldon wrestlers, um, all the yeah. names that Ben mentioned. I mean, we just idolized those guys and when they they were on TV, you know you'd watch an Iowa football game or an Iowa basketball game or um, and for the Iowa State fans, same thing, but when you saw, Sheldon guys out there performing, and then they're they're on the podium. I mean, just just right now, it almost brings emotions back to those days. Uh, and you know, I know I wasn't a wrestler. Um, I wanted to do for basketball what those guys did for wrestling. I wanted Sheldon's name to be out there, and uh, and you know, and the, the group of guys that we hung out with. Um, you know, of course, the Sheldon people. You no, know, I'm a twin. Um, Me and Dave did a lot of stuff together, and and we always did. Every Sunday, we'd get together and play football. Um, Then when it started getting cold, we'd go to Archer and play basketball. Uh, And in the springtime, we started slow pitch softball. While you guys were playing baseball, we had the core group, the Moose, the Meyer, uh, all the guys that didn't play baseball that were in our group. We started a slow-pitch team. We were awful. Oh, we were back with. Yeah, but, uh, We were uh, forgot about that. But, uh, uh, the but
0: Cornerstone a- Shoes and Apparel for Men, I believe, was the name of the, the team. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, uh, we, we got a different T-shirt every year because we tried to find someone that would want to tag their name. To it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, uh, all of that, I, I think really uh it, it helps with that coaching role from the standpoint of man all these experiences you're constantly organizing games and, and like kids nowadays don't recognize we had to actually go to a house where the phone was attached to a wall to try to get a hold of all of these and if you couldn't if they weren't at home you knew about one of three spots where a game would be going on and yeah. and uh and, and you know like when i drive around communities now you don't see those pickup games quite like we did with our generation and uh, I don't know if it's because of video games or whatnot. Um, I feel like parents organize a lot more for their kids those events but we were doing that on our own and um, I just know that those memories those flood of memories uh, and all the great times we had we had a, a core group of about 20 guys that you know on any given day we'd all be playing together somewhere at someone's house and um, I don't know that, that was just a ton of fun and
0: uh-huh. Uh, you said something Oh, yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick, yeah, we, uh, I don't know, Ben, I don't know if you remember this or not, but, uh, my, you know, the, for the, for the baseball guys, the, the, the summer went, you know, little league and then you went to swimming lessons at the old indoor pool and, and tried to inhale as much asbestos as you could while you're, you know, and then you took your bike and you went home and you ate and then about one one fifteen, the phone would ring. Yep, Christian school at two o'clock. We're gonna we're gonna play pickup baseball or, or something like that, and yep. or you go back to the elementary school or or you meet at the city park and play pickup. You know, whatever whatever it was, and and that's something that just stuck out to me. You were talking about the phone attached to the wall, and and uh, that yeah, that just that popped into popped into my head for sure. So
3: yeah, uh, I, I remember like like Jay would show up at my house at eight. <laughs> and we'd eat breakfast, and then we'd ride our bikes to baseball.
0: Oh, because, yeah, because you guys lived over on the, the south side yep. of town. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then
3: we'd ride our bikes to baseball, and then baseball would be over with, and then the rest of the day you're ramming around, and then your parents would come home for work and ask you how baseball went. Like, yeah. it's so different than, like Dick was saying, like, now it's, you know, it's in the evening, so your parents can get you there, and everybody's watching in their lawn chair, and everybody's got a hand in everything, and uh, it's just totally different, yeah. but. Um, yeah,
2: we did not have a big fan base over East Elementary Ball
3: Field. No. <laughs>
2: I mean, you just, just hope you, you got on Toby's team. You wanted to be on Toby's <laughs> <Yeah>. team. Yeah, <laughs>
4: that
2: was the highlight of the summer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was one of those deals where, like, I don't remember. I mean, if you a handful of parents, maybe because everybody, like Ben said, everyone was at work. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, not like not like it is today where you got know 20 fans for one kid yeah
0: (laughs) and they all have to pay 10 bucks a piece yeah yeah (laughs) how about you jay uh you know just uh influences i mean obviously like tom and terry you 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 had mentioned them earlier any anybody else there
2: you know the community as a whole like you guys have said was so sports minded and athletic oriented and looking back on it um you know i i just think that the coaches we had just had a huge impact on me, you know, and in the wrestling world, I had, you know, Doyle Nag and Steve McWilliams, who just, I, I, I could not have asked for better high school wrestling coaches. I I really couldn't. They, they both brought different things and different aspects to, to, to me and not just wrestling wise, but life wise as well. Um, and I think we were just blessed in, in, in the aspect of, I don't think there was a coach that we had growing up that didn't care about us. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, when we were sitting here talking about this, I don't know if Ben will remember this or, or not, um, eighth grade football practice, standing there, and your dad thought I was looking at him, so he threw me a football, and I wasn't looking at him. <laughs> and that football hit me right in the giblets. <laughs> <laughs> and dropped I mean... Just dropped me. <laughs> I mean, it was one of it was one of those that it, 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 we've all had it. the ones the ones you don't forget. Yeah. that's one of them. I, and it, I just remember Dave running over and he just felt terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he about he he, he 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 dropped me hard. But you know, um, but that goes back to I, I just think all of our coaches cared about it, and, okay. and that I don't know. If that's true necessarily, I I, I believe it is, but uh, but you know it's something you don't. It, it, you've all seen coaches that didn't have that approach, that didn't have. Um, like I know, like Daryl Snyder he might break a clipboard over your your helmet at football practice, but you know he cared about you.
0: Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so.
2: and that eighth grade football team, I
3: mean, that might have been the pinnacle of Sheldon football <laughs> for <us> going forward. <laughs> Seriously, because I think we got worse and worse every year. But, but that team was that team was stacked. We, we were, were pretty, had, we were pretty we good.
0: Luce, yeah. We had Meyer. We had the Haddings. We had we had you. We had uh, Tim Pat. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott Dagger. Yeah. So many good athletes. Uh, yeah. The the key with the Haddings though was was you know were they going to fight each other or were they going to fight the other team? I mean. <laughs> You know, so uh, I uh, I look back on it, and again, it's it's just the the laundry list of names that we've gone through. Um, I mean, I wasn't much of a football guy, but Coach Schneiderman was just always awesome to me. Um, combination Coach Schneiderman story and and uh, baseball story. Uh, speaking of Huff's run in with the with the wrong end of a Dave Haugen pass. Uh, <laughs> when we when we coached Little League you know you'd have like one or two nights a, a year where we didn't have a game and so you had a night game that you that you coached and, and that was the game where all the parents would show up because nobody was working you know and uh w- the way I'm sure Ben you coached Little League for a couple of years didn't you no I did you you know, because you, you were uh, working, for working for Larry you, yeah, okay so um you know you you umpired the game while you were coaching your team so Half the game, you coat you umpired the field, and then half the game, you did behind the plate. Well, I was behind the plate. It was a night game. There was 150, 200 people there. I forget who the kid was, but there was a, a foul ball, and it hit me, and it just... I was down for like two minutes, where I was just... I was in so much pain, I couldn't breathe. I was And, and Snyderman was just over laughing and laughing and laughing at me, you know? He, he just happened to be there when this happened. And I mean, I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up, but, uh, you know, coach Schneiderman, um, was the one who told me, you know, plum, I think you'd make a really good coach someday. Um, and I was always that kind of jumped out at me. Um, as, you know, or I always remembered that and I was always appreciative of that. And, and, uh, you know, Glenn Vanderfleet, as a as a teacher ben your dad uh as a teacher i remember um we were doing it when we were in eighth grade it was the 200th anniversary of the constitution and we had to be able to recite the preamble of the constitution
2: (laughs) i think i still remember it
0: (laughs) and we get to my class and of course who does dave haugen pick first to recite the preamble of the constitution first
3: well, the only guy that would possibly memorize it—that was <laughs> you. No, know,
0: right <laughs> I was sorting. I was sorting ball cards the night before. I had no idea what was going on, and I'm like, um, oh, blank. The word I can't say on this PG-13 podcast, and uh, and never, you know. And I was like, man, that taught me a lesson. I gotta be ready to go at any time because I thought, you know, I'd let some, I'd let some intellectual like, you know, Scott Jager or somebody like that go first, and I would just <laughs> listen to him, you know, or, you know. And, uh, but you know, people like that, uh, van you know, like I said, in, in the classroom, uh, your dad and Glenn Vanderfleet, I took a lot of stuff that I do as a social studies teacher. Um, Dave Matuska was just awesome. I sucked at biology, but I loved his classroom, you know, type of a deal. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's just so many, there's just so many different things here. So, um, this, this just awesome stuff. So. Um,
3: great great story for uh for marty plum fans uh oh boy so you know fantasy fantasy sports is huge nowadays (laughs) and so this is the way that we would do fantasy sports back in probably like 1990 so marty would marty would uh organize it we'd have a we'd have a draft and then every monday um at school instead of being in class or wherever we were supposed to be we'd sit in the lunchroom area uh-huh. and Marty would have a newspaper out and Marty would compile all the stats <laughs> from the Sunday footballer games yep. and would tally the points and then would announce to us who's in the lead and whatever. And I just think like the systems now in place with fantasy sports, I mean that you, you did all of that by hand, Marty. That's how big of a sports nut you were.
0: Uh, we
2: have a, crazy. there a fantasy basketball. <laughs> as well.
0: Well, Because
2: um, I remember doing that and having a basketball team and thinking, I don't know who any, any <laughs> of my <word> anything. <laughs> into my knowledge. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just take this guy more yeah, yeah, I mean I have no idea what's
0: going on. John Koncak, Jay Huff's first round draft pick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, we that's did. A good pick, Jay. Go ahead, take him. <laughs> <laughs> Great pick, Huff. Great pick. Great. Why don't you get Spud Web while we're at it? There we go.
2: Great. He, dunked, he, he won the dunk contest. Yeah. So.
0: I am. I, I I somewhat joke, like half joke, half serious. If the internet would have existed when I was in junior high and high school, I don't even know if I'd have a GED right now because yeah. I'd have been on the internet looking up sports stats and and geeking out <laughs> that that whole time. I mean, without a doubt, without a doubt. So. As, as I tell my students, that's the reason why I didn't have a date until I was 22. Uh, you know. <laughs> Coaches, do you want to look good? Pfft, stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good-looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. Good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin and send me a direct message. Or you can email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some A Pen and a Napkin merchandise. So, I thought, and and we're starting to go downhill very, very quickly, which is alright. But uh, this this last section might just be only for, for folks from our hometown. But uh, I thought we would just... Uh, Share, share some memories uh we've kind of done that throughout um but you know what what are some uh, here's what i thought we would do and this could get very dangerous very quickly what is one memory now haugen you used up yours on me already so you're, you're out <laughs> all right uh what is one memory that we each have of each other growing up so so you know for huff what's something you remember about me remember about ben remember about dick and then dick you know huff Ben, me you know and 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 all the way around here so uh and and god only knows where this is going but yeah. the computer is fully souped up so we're good fellas so, <laughs> so.
2: um I, so I'll, I'll start with marty i remember one of the earliest memories is going through baseball cards in the attic at your place, and just I just remember being in awe of how many baseball cards the plums had. I just remember thinking, "How is this possible?" <laughs> I mean, you, I, I remember—I honestly remember thinking—his dad robbed a baseball card. <laughs> I don't know how else you would have had that many baseball cards. It was, and not just—I think he had everything, but baseball was primarily the big
0: one. Wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you should you should see it now, and it's it's is uh, it, yeah. Has it grown? Oh good God! Uh, um, you know, Dad has been married to Deb for ten years now. Um, if they ever got divorced, I think the ball cards would be reason number one why they would ever get divorced because it's, it's 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 just it's just like the blob; it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But yeah, it's it's yeah.
2: So I remember that, and then I remember just playing catch for hours in Marty's backyard or going over to the park and just playing catch for hours. So that that's for Marty. Um, Dick, I remember, I think we were jun- junior, senior, we just got into Tecmo Bowl. And you you would play for hours at the jungers house playing Tecmo Bowl. You might get a phone call when it was your your team's turn to play. If you didn't get there, they just no, nope, You're sorry, you lost. You weren't here. We gave we gave you ten minutes to get here. You better make it. That type of thing. And it was like, and people and we were all serious about it. Like, so that's when Tecmo Bowl was huge. And and Ben, you know Ben and I lived near each other, and I remember just always playing basketball or baseball um <laughs> i remember so ben's dad i remember two things that really stick out playing over ben's um one was his mother worked nights i think for quite a while when they first moved to town so like he couldn't bounce the basketball on the porch because it would reverberate through the whole house and i and so from Early on, I was scared to death of Deb Haugen. Cause, like we'd be playing, and the ball would hit the deck, and we'd grab it real quick and look at each other like, "Is she coming?"
0: Were, were you more scared of Deb, or were you more scared of Larry Clyde Hustling?
2: Oh, probably Deb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie; it, it was probably Deb. And then, uh, and, but so doing that for hours, playing basketball over there, and um, and Andy was always around. Ben, Ben's younger brother for those not Vern. familiar with the, uh, Vern. Um, oh, so Dave Hogan also did some golf club work. And for some reason, oh, he had like God. a soap dispenser filled with gasoline. <laughs> 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 and we thought this would be so cool. You know, get a lighter, they put a little line of gas on the, light it and laugh and giggle. And somebody had the bright idea to put it on the, put it, it was, on. The wasn't it Brian Landis, I think? It might have been Brian. Yeah and so he put it on his shoe he lit it he ran around it was funny so then ben was gonna try it and when they lit it andy got andy was holding the thing andy got scared and dropped the bottle well when ben's running around he stepped on the bottle (laughs) and so now flames are shooting out and who walks outside to check on her boys (laughs) (laughs) right at that moment Yep. yep and ben wasn't hurt we if, or anything like that, but she was yelling. <laughs> Benny walked back with her head down, and I because that's before the road went all the way through, so there was a dead end. Now that road goes all the, but at that time, Ben's road was a dead end. So Brian and I stood there, and I'm like, I'm not, not going there. I, we're not going that way. <laughs> we just put our head down and just what? left, just left way we'll check on him tomorrow hey, she won't kill <laughs> then she'll kill him, no, she'll kill him. <laughs> uh, I, that, I just remember putting my head down and getting out of there as quickly as I hum- humanly could and thinking man I hope she doesn't yell at me right now yeah. <laughs> yeah. no so I mean it was and I have more f- for all three of you but those those are three that stick out
0: uh, uh, Haugen
2: oh boy um yeah,
3: I've already shared some Marty stories. Um, you know, I, Marty was the first first kid that I met uh, in Sheldon, and uh, yeah, I remember the baseball card collection and
0: scared him out um, of the neighborhood. You know, Yeah. yeah.
3: Marty was uh, you know the sports junkie in our community for sure. Dick um, and Dave, I didn't get to know until they were freshmen. I remember at first, like I was threatened by you guys because I had heard like. Um, I didn't. I didn't really know you guys before. Before you guys came to came to Sheldon High, but you know some of our classmates knew you guys, and and I just remember like, yeah, Dick and Dave, they're good. They're good basketball players. They're guards, and I remember thinking, oh shoot, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my job now or whatever. <laughs> I just remember being threatened, but it didn't uh, it didn't take very long to realize like, you know, you guys were grinders, and you guys played hard, and you guys made our team so much better, and students of the game. And just fun to be around. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I ever told you that, Dick, but I remember, like, I wasn't, like, very thrilled with the, with the prospect that <laughs> <of> you guys were <laughs> doing. And,
0: Private doing school, school kid transferring <laughs> into the public school, you know.
3: Yeah, Sheldon might have. Might have been the first one for pulling pulling uh, private school kids uh, <laughs> illegally into their into their public community. Uh, don't for, uh,
0: don't forget Troy Huss coming out of that same class. There, that's right, so. Troy Huss. Uh-huh. That's right. I forgot about him.
3: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and you know Jay and I were were really good friends uh, uh, growing up, and I, I've got you know two funny stories about Jay. So first one. Um, I think it was the first time I s- stayed overnight at his place and we get up in the morning and we're watching Saturday morning cartoons. And it's the first time I've ever seen anybody um, eat a whole box of cereal and a whole gallon of milk
2: <laughs> at, uh,
3: at one sitting
2: <laughs> watching cartoons. Uh, I get, you know, you, and you know what the funny thing is? I don't eat cereal in- at all anymore, <laughs> <laughs> If it back backed in, I put her down. <laughs> like, and I'm not I'm not talking
3: like in shifts. Like I'm talking about the entire box of cereal and the entire jug of milk in a bowl. All at <laughs> once. And the other the other funny story is uh, so like Jay was trying to describe where I lived, so we had a dead end road and we had this vacant lot, which is now kind of a park across the street and uh, uh in the winter times jay would bring his snowmobile over and we would pull a sled behind it uh you know going around and around, and around. so i'm i'm driving the i'm driving the snowmobile and jay's on the back and I'm, we're you know doing figure ace or whatever and and uh my 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 focus is just ahead of me i'm not even looking behind and and i had turned the corner i ran jay right into a light pole and and i think i continued to drive for another 15 20 seconds before i realized he was off and i turned around and i thought i thought he was dead i thought i killed him he was just laying there motionless um it's one of those things as a kid, you know, like, you're probably lucky it didn't happen just a slightly different way, like the fire incident. Right. And,
2: uh, <laughs> um, and I remember you, that well. Do you remember that, Jay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hit a light pole. It's <laughs> <laughs> not, not something you forget.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, jungers.
1: You know, uh, just listening to these stories brought up just tons of other ones. I know Jay with the Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, when that game first came out, uh, it was just a hot item. We were all playing that. And I remember we had a basketball game, and we had a blizzard that night. The blizzard came in, and the other team was stranded. They were stuck
0: in a... Cherokee. Uh,
1: Cherokee. Yeah, they that. came yeah,
0: in and beat us by like a 1,000. Then we we're like, yeah, yeah we're just going to stay here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to eat your food now, and we're going <laughs> to sleep in your bed. Uh, yeah. Who's your daddy? Yeah. yeah. You go get me a bowl of cereal, Huff. I'm not, you know.
1: Well, I know we didn't want to stay at the school that night. We lived in the country. Uh, so I think a bunch of us stayed at Brent Cruz's house that night, I believe. And we, we started, I think we played that all night. Uh, but the I know a bunch of the guys snuck out and went back to the school um, to to check on what was going on there. Of course the Cherokee girls basketball team was there too. So I think <laughs> they were hoping to get some phone numbers or something, you know, and uh, that, that was a memory that kind of stood out. But then uh, I don't know, uh, Marty and Ben, if you remember our summer league before our senior year, uh, we just kind of basically all the underclassmen, we kind of left them behind because we were a very guard orientated group team. And, uh, I think we were running and gun. I, th- I thought there was a night where I think we got like to 130 points. We were just jacking up threes. And I don't know if you guys remember that. That one stuck out for me because there was a night we played. I don't I, I don't remember if it was Sioux Center or Unity Christian. One of those teams were going to – they brought everybody back. They were loaded, and we just took them out behind the woodshed there. And so we, we kind of got fired up like, gosh, maybe this is the way that Sheldon should play. And uh um and I and I just remember I, I think Ben and Kevin both got really hot from three and um and uh and it was just a lights out game. And that was probably you know, when we got to the season we'd obviously didn't play very fast that year, but I was like in my in the back of my mind I thought if, if our group of guards were allowed just to play together and play fast, um Loyola Marymount came out with a team a few years later uh-huh. where they were just jacking up threes. I was like, gosh, our group of guys probably would have been uh, really well suited to that style of play. And, and to be honest with you, that's been a major, major philosophy for me in basketball. because The fast paced game for guards is just a ton of fun. So I remember that one. And, um, and then I also remember, Marty, when when you were a young coach, you were gonna, you went out to
0: Gothenburg Nebraska oh my god yeah and, uh, yeah and, wasn't even married yet no um and all I remember is you gave me
1: a call and it's like hey I'm running a clinic out here do you want to? do you want a little vacation out in western Nebraska so I jumped <laughs> in my car and hung out with Marty for a few days and we we coached some basketball and Got acclimated to Gothenburg, Nebraska. I don't think I'll ever go back.
0: No, uh, <laughs> not neither will I. No offense yeah. to any of my my old friends, but uh.
1: you know, so that that was a fun time. And I remember Jay. Uh, and it, I remember, a lot of people don't know Jay and I went to college together. And Jay was on the wrestling team. And and after he won his national title, uh, I don't know what it was. It was like a it was like a Friday or Saturday night. And I think uh, the emotions of the situation has kind of wound down and. Jay and I hung out for a night and it was just him and I, we were having some uh, adult beverages and just talking about life and all the things. And, uh, that one, that one meant a lot to me, uh, because, uh, you know, Jay shared his experiences and, You know, some of the competition, the things that he had to endure uh, to to win that national title. And I think it was probably a good month after it happened, if I remember right. But my memory's not so great all the time. But uh, uh, that was just uh, that was a night that that stood out for me when I think of Jay. And and I know in high school uh, with Dave and I, we we always had to farm. So we weren't always available like in the fall, spring and the summers of the year. So some of these other experiences that you guys are talking about. We were probably bailing hay or something, but but that was kind of bad. And and Ben, one moment that really stood out with me with you is I remember um, you lowered your your hoop one time to eight, I'm going to say nine feet. (laughs) I really think it was more like eight foot, and we did a slam dunk contest in your driveway, and it was, uh,
0: I, I remember Marty being there, I remember you being there, Kevin. Uh, I was the only know, one that I, couldn't dunk on that. Well,
1: I think I think Ben helped you out by dropping it down to seven. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we did a slam dunk contest. We were ranking them, and it was just a it was just a fun night. And uh, and the, the one thing I like about this group of guys right here, bunch of smartasses. I mean, so many you know not PG thirteen smartass comments over the years, and uh, uh, we've all had great sense of humor, and, and the, that that just uh,
0: always resonates well here's the good thing about going last is i got to write down a bunch of stuff while you guys are talking here so uh you know i'll start with huff uh one of one of the cool things about being friends with jay huff for a while uh was when your parents were running the bakery oh, oh and, yeah <laughs> and i remember just telling my mom i'm going up with I'm going up with uh, Jay to go get day old donuts for free, and and I must uh you know I must have ate a thousand donuts those couple of years. Just
4: hey Jay, can I go to the bakery with you today?
0: Oh, come along, you know. You know. Uh, so that was awesome. I remember a time I don't you know. Speaking of bodily harm to to Huff, uh, I don't even. Uh, so uh, we had just gotten our driver's license, and. Uh, We had this genius idea, which if you live in a small town, you have to come up with ways to entertain yourselves. And so we had this genius idea. Everybody had had their license for maybe like seven hours. And let's let's chase each other around town at high speed shooting bottle rockets and water balloons and stuff at each other. And uh, do you guys know where my dad and Deb live at right now, right across the street from the First Reform or it's not the First Reformed Church, the Christian Reformed Church there, corner of 9th and 9th. And if you go south there a block, uh, there's another small church. there's is, is a Baptist church or something like that. And I remember we were doing something stupid along those lines. And Huff, you were running away from somebody and you tripped and you did a face plant into somebody's, I think it was might have been Grubisich's bumper on the no, bumper of his was, truck. Uh,
2: it was Scott Jaggers. took out a... her taillight with my forehead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why he won a national championship in wrestling he was just so used to running into light poles and, and, and headlights and stuff like that you know it's like he, he was he was like uh who, mick foley he was the guy that went through the cell you know he, he, he and done all that so and, and then the last tough story and it's not so much jay but jay and i were together i don't know if you remember this jay i think you were on my team but, you know, Ben, you were talking about the 6th grade flag football mornings that we would do, 5th and 6th grade. Yep. And I think Jay and I were together our 6th grade year, and Tom and Terry were our coaches. Um, were, were, you, were you with us? Were you on that team? I know Tom and Terry were my coaches.
2: Um, um, th- that year, I remember Terry and Jim McPartland coached, coached me one year. And I can't remember who but so I could have been Tom and Terry, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I just remember out of that experience, because when people find out that I grew up in Sheldon, I didn't know Tom and Terry well. I mean, it was just hello, hey, you know, but not like you do and and obviously with your brothers and everything in the wrestling connection, but Tom and Terry were my coaches. And I always tell people, well, they weren't really our coaches because five minutes into every game, they would start arguing with each other, and they'd spend more time arguing with each other. We had to call our own plays most of the time because they would get mad at each other and start, you know, punching each other in the arm, and that's stupid, you know. And, and so I, I remember that. So, uh, you know, Dick, you brought up, uh, or I'm sorry, Ben, you brought up uh, coming out of the tunnel for the for the Lone Ranger, you know, which I still remember the first time we did that. Dick and Ben, you that gave me chills. I was like wow that was that was awesome so um and you were talking about uh, our parents in the in the stands and, and i remember coming out for the lone ranger and the students came out i think we we're playing spencer and there was this big long tunnel and so we come out and somehow or another that night i ended up being the last guy in line i think it was our junior it had to be our junior year and so hookstra and dean monarch were seniors that year and we come running out and everybody takes off And I get to the end of the line, and we had those snap pants, you know? (laughs) I get to the end of the line, and, and of course, my pants were too long. And Paul Corbett, I still say to this day, Paul Corbett stepped out and stepped on the bottom of my snap pants. And I did, like, five somersaults. Boom, -boom, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And I've got two dislocated shoulders and probably concussed and I'm lying on the floor and the gym was pretty full and and I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And I, and I look up and my mom and dad are literally like in the third row, like 10 feet away from me on that side of the gym. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to be very empathetic to me. No, they were laughing their ass off just like everybody else was, you know. So I remember, you know, so... Um, you know, Dick, just so many things out at the jungers farm, uh helping out with chores, and then the nice thing if you helped out with chores, you got a nice steak a lot of the times, you know. Uh Elaine had Elaine had, had cooked that up and and uh just the blood matches on the nine and a half foot Hawkeye backboard rim above the Jungers' garage. That was uh, uh just just so many things and things that have happened since then. And you know, Ben just all the ball games. Um, playing baseball, playing basketball together, uh, the wiffle ball games in the backyard at the corner of 6th and 6th. Uh, so, it, you know, um, you know, just the baseball memories, like, again, may he rest in peace. But uh, do you remember when we were down in Remsen? And Remsen actually had a dugout, like it was dug into the ground. And uh, we got done with pregame warm-up and this had to be our junior year, and Todd Van Beek goes, I give it 10 minutes before Swally smacks his head on top of the dugout. And he comes in, and we're all kind of laughing like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. As Swally comes in, and I mean, he makes it four steps into the dugout, and whack, he smacks his head on the top of the dugout. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes down for the count and again just like when eric nell hit him with the heater on the relay throw right in the head uh we it, did anybody go to his aid no we we just sat there and laughed and laughed i don't I don't know if you remember that or not ben
3: i don't remember that but it doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> yeah
0: so um yeah i mean those are just just all my my memories of of, of you guys the ones that we can put on this pg-13 uh podcast uh there's, there's other things, numerous things that will will probably come up off air when we're done, but uh, no one needs to know that unless you were there. Thank God there was no YouTube or, or anything back then. So, uh, uh, But this has been awesome, catching up this morning, bouncing off a bunch of ideas and, and coming from a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different places. And, you know, as we get more seasoned, as we get more experienced, I, I just having my own children now and we're all in the same boat we've all got our kids and they're they're becoming young adults and uh just the the as i tell my own students uh i am just i i will never ever complain about my childhood you know i had a great childhood it was a great time to grow up i had great people to grow up around uh great friends obviously there's people that you're closer to than others you know, and and that type of thing, but, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful and and grateful that uh, my life has ended up the way that it has, and and all three of you guys, along with 68 other people that we graduated with in the class of 1992, um, were were just a huge part of shaping me and and who I am today, and and, uh, I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank uh everybody else that we we graduated with and that we grew up with you know you know how it is growing up in a small town not only is it the people that you are in the same class with but it's usually a couple classes ahead of you a couple classes behind you that 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 you uh, spend time with um it's it's just inevitable And, and so i just want to thank you guys for for who you are and you know dick i talked to quite a bit uh we 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 talk occasionally huff reconnecting ben it's probably been 20 plus years since we've actually talked verbally and that type of thing but it's been awesome catching up with all of you guys today and and i'm guessing you feel a lot of the same way and i I just want to thank you guys for for you know just just being you just being you and 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 this morning you know this morning was a a special idea and and dick thanks for coming up with the idea because i think it was pretty awesome and and uh, I, I've just really enjoyed it.
2: At, I, I tell you, when you sent that text out asking, I was like, that sounds fun. Because um, Ben and I communicate through text once or twice a year maybe. Um, I, Dick, I see every year at state track, it seems. <laughs> and it's awesome because we get to set and catch up. So getting to sit down and talk with you guys today was awesome. I appreciate it. Well, wow. Yeah, I was – yeah, I
3: I was looking forward to this so much that I set my alarm <laughs> for Sunday because <laughs> um, I was yeah, and I was wondering maybe they forgot I was gonna. You know, <laughs> and I also the phone call and I was so excited and
0: I texted, um, Mart- I texted Marty last night to make sure. We're still yeah, on. yeah. 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 Well, I I just I, I just as assume- often and I feel like
2: you know, Connie and I live like Marty
3: put it up in the frozen tundra and uh, I've really done a terrible job of of uh coming back and staying connected but it's uh this has been a ton of fun and something that you know makes me realize we need to do more of for sure yeah
0: yeah I, I i don't want say... to say uh, you you know like i don't see you guys a ton
1: but man this this was a blast for me just listening to the stories and <laughs> uh you know and ben i don't think i've seen you shoot it's probably it's probably close to 30 years now
3: Yeah, a long time You know, but Jay I do run into, Marty I run into, but you know, with uh,
0: all being said, uh, man, this was a fun, fun morning. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I don't want to say Ben lives up north, but they have filmed more than one episode of of Alone on the History Channel just down the street from from his house there, you know. (laughs) Nah, I'm just kidding, Ben. I'm just kidding, but... uh, No, uh,
2: it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Ben actually called me oh, jeez, it's been probably five, six years ago now, he's like, hey, is your baseball field playable? I'm like, well, yeah. He was, I, he was are I think you were like into your third or fourth week of the season and you just, and you hadn't been on the field yet and then you got another two feet of snow and they were looking for some place to just get on a field and play. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> trying to find connections down <laughs> south. <you know? laughs>
0: well, well, when you refer to Iowa as down south, you know that you... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are way up there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what a special morning, guys. I, I hope folks enjoyed this. I, you know, and selfishly, the last half hour or so was ours. But like I said, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want to do. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think that one of the probably one of the coolest things that has come out of this whole a pen and a napkin deal has been you know, like we've all been there. I think, I'm sure we have. I know I was. Uh, I think there's a point in your career where, ah, that Huff guy at Burlington, man, I just, I want to, I don't like that guy. I don't like the way he runs his program. I, you know, blah, 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 this, that. And, 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 uh, as we get more seasoned and more experienced, we realize that that's not really the case in most cases. Uh, there's always an exception to the rule. Uh, but just the, The camaraderie in the coaching community and one thing that I've really been just, I can't believe how lucky I've been with this, is just getting to know so many people and realizing the problems I've had as a coach are the same problems that Ben Haugen has at Esco and Jay Huff has at Burlington and Dick Jungers has at Newell Fonda and that we do really need to stick together. We do need to have a camaraderie, a loyalty to one another that we're all pretty much on the same page with what we're trying to do and and that the real joy of it is doing this for a while and then having mornings like this morning and sharing that with people so i know that has been awesome and and, and this is just kind of a byproduct of it so um well guys it's only been an hour and a half it seems like it's been about 20 minutes but uh, uh, but I, I, I'm guessing people are. If you're still listening at this point, you're either a deviant or you are a glutton for punishment. So
4: or you're from Sheldon,
0: or you're from Sheldon, <laughs> Iowa. You know. Uh, but uh, you know, want to thank you guys for coming on. It's been great. Hold the line here for a second while we wrap up. I don't know if there's much more that needs to be said. This has just been, this has just been really awesome. And uh, you know, I hope folks have enjoyed it. I hope folks have had appreciation for it. And uh, you know we'll get back to maybe some more perhaps more serious basketball stuff next week in the interview pod. But Dick, thanks for this idea. Absolutely awesome. Well done. If you if you when you retire, maybe you can get into this little pseudo journalism uh, field as well. You know. Uh, but uh, coaches, I, don't think I, I have the voice for it. Uh, I I, know. I don't know if I have the voice for it. I've, I've got the face for podcasting. That's what I always say. So. So uh, on that note, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.